0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast. My name is Paul Fagan and I'm here with Jody Fisher. Hey Jody, how are you doing today? Hello Paul, how's everything? Doing well, doing well. Uh, this podcast is for all the dads out there who struggle with life's topics as they are related to family and finances. Our hope is that we can provide our thoughts, successes and mistakes and share them with all of you. Today's topic, which is near and dear to my heart and probably to many of you out there, is the subject of retirement. Um you know how to get to retirement, um, how to plan for retirement, what to do within retirement, when to retire. There's so many questions that come up when it comes to retirement that I'm sure we're going to have several podcasts on this, Jody. But at the end of the day, today we want to discuss, in general, the subject of retirement. Now, my current situation uh, for retirement, I hope to retire in my 60s. That's the current plan. I've been saving diligently, along with my wife, as best we can, I'll add to that, as best we can over the last 20 years, and I think we have another 20 years to go, Um, and I think that retirement means different things to different people. My parents sort of retired, and when I say sort of, there wasn't a defined benefit pension that was associated with their retirement. Their retirement was social security with a combination of of some savings which is always uh, an interesting approach um, but at the end of the day uh, they were able to retire um, okay at this point uh, my grandmother however her retirement is a little bit different she retired with a pension then took a job with a church and got another pension so she's in her 90s now and she has two pensions and a social security coming in and, and a very low-key lifestyle at this point so she's doing just fine uh with her that is a smart lady very smart i don't think she'll she'll tell you that she wasn't as smart with certain aspects of her financial life but when it came to retirement i think that uh she did all the right moves um even if she didn't mean and a
1: smart lady and a smart lady but what i mean by that is that she she did what she wanted during her career and also simultaneously set herself up for for prosperity in her retirement that's what i mean by smart lady i don't i don't mean to imply that she might have been gaming the system or anything else i mean i mean she did what she wanted while she was working and now she's able to do what she wants post work
0: yes that that, i think that's key i think absolutely that's key so i think everyone has a different approach and a different view of retirement my personal view of retirement is probably four things it's golf going to the gym doing yoga, and volunteerism. Those are probably the four key areas that I'd like to uh, focus on when I retire. Of course, family, grandkids, hopefully, all those types of things that I think a lot of people who want to retire want to focus on. But if I had to pick the four things out that personally I'd like to do more of in retirement, it would be those four things. Uh, So Jody, what is your current situation in terms of retirement? How you approached it? What are your thoughts on it?
1: Well, I think before I I talk about my current situation, I want to jump off of what you just said about your priorities for your retirement as being, as you put it, golf, gym, yoga, and volunteerism. And it struck me right away what you said was, these are things I want to do once I'm not working anymore. And I think a lot of people's perspective on retirement is stops at the stops at the perception of it's it's the perception of, so I don't have to work anymore. It's just getting rid of work. That's the, the definition of retirement is I don't work anymore. Um, and it it almost seems like it's this aspiration to an absence of activity, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is not what retirement should be. Um, you know, and and my mother in law just retired um, a- after years as a school teacher. Yeah, and this is her first September where You know school's going back and she's not Um, and she's you know she's joking around she's saying it's gonna hit me on the second day of school (laughs) but um, but I, I think that's really a great starting point to talk about retirement is it's not the absence of what you're not doing anymore getting rid of the things you don't want to do anymore, or don't feel obligated to do anymore. But it's planning for the things that you want to do. If you woke up in the morning and just had to do what you wanted to do, what would those things be? So to hear you put it in the way that you did, Paul, golf, gym, yoga, volunteerism, um, and it can be anything for anybody. You know, that's really inspiring.
0: Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that we talked about at one point. I have a a gentleman that I uh, go to the gym with now is a doctor, Dr. Bruce. Um, he's a surgeon, plus he also teaches spin class. It's quite the combination, uh, but it turns out we became pretty good friends uh, from, a, from a gym perspective. He went to the same high school as me, and we, all, we both went to an all-boys Catholic high school, so we have this bond in common. Um, but he put it best one morning, and I don't know how we got on the topic, But he said, retirement is not about stopping work, but being able to work on your own terms. So I did talk about golf and gym and yoga and volunteerism, but maybe that might include some part time work of some sort. Maybe it won't. I guess we'll have to see what happens. But I think tying into what you just said, Jody, it's really owning your retirement, being able to be financially secure enough to have more options and more choices. And if you want to stop working, that's great. If you don't want to stop working, that's fine too. Or did I mix that up? So if you, whether you want to work or not work, you have that choice, and that's what a good retirement plan gives you is choice.
1: You're totally right. That that's exactly where the emphasis needs to be: is 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 availing yourselves of the options that you want to exercise. Um, you know, my current situation, and Paul, this is why well, I'm going to let you do most of the talking for this podcast. Is um, this is one area of our finances where I am not so micro. Um, and I and I talk a lot about being intentional with your money in terms of budget and what you spend and what comes in and what goes out. Um, our retirement has always kind of been there in the background. We've always been saving for it for to a greater or lesser extent, and probably an eff- uh, emphasis on the lesser. Um, you know, we have IRAs. We've had various 401ks that have been rolled in. You know, we participated in contributing, we've been contributing and participated in matching plans and all that kind of stuff. But um, I, I will admit that I am not as healthy in my retirement savings um, regimen as I am in the rest of our financing and budget. Um, you know, in fact, we, I've talked about this on prior podcasts that I, I even chose to use part of my IRA that I had put away. Um, to start up the the business that I that I run now, um, and gave me the financial runway to to get up to speed in running what what goes on now, um, and and I think in terms of a concept of retirement, what w- the way we see it, I'm not sure. Like you said, if I'm ever going to stop a hundred percent working, ever, um, I don't see that in my personality. I think I'm always going to want to be doing something, and again, my personality, I'm always going to want to be getting paid for it a little bit. (laughs) I don't think I'm ever going to want to just sit back and, and, you know, get pension checks or social security checks. I don't even think our generation is going to collect social security, frankly. Um, but that's a separate podcast. Um, because I think that my biggest, my biggest income tool is still my ability to generate income. Um, you know, when, when you run your own business, uh, even to the degree that I run my own business, I work for a firm, but I'm in charge of a department uh, in terms of generating new business and billing new business. Um, I I I have to make sure that the money's always coming in, um, and so I don't think that part of my personality is ever going to go away. I'm always going to be looking and saying, "Oh, can I make a, a dollar there or a dollar here, or you know, can I do something and bill someone for it?" Um, even if that comes down to the things that I want to do in my spare time, you know, like I'm, I'm a weekend warrior with projects around the house. Maybe I start woodworking or something like that. I get better at that and I build furniture or maybe I, you know, do work at somebody's house or something like that. I I don't know. Point being is I don't think I'm ever going to 100% stop working and quote unquote retire. Um, and, and Paul, you talked a little bit about your um, your friend Bruce. Um, and I think that's, that's really hitting the nail on the head these days in terms of you know, not necessarily stopping work, but working on your own terms to the degree that you want to do that. I think that's, that's where we are. At least that's where I think our generation is now. I don't think we're going to retire the way our parents' generation retired.
0: Yeah. And we have some friends that probably will retire that way, the way our parents retired. There is a 10% of the populace that has that capability. Right. teachers, uh, folks and friends of ours that have been at their firm 20 plus years, they still probably have some level of defined benefit that's coming to them. So you could factor that in. And for those folks, uh, depending on the size of that benefit it, it may be everything that they need. So their focus is not to look at 401Ks and such. For me and my family personally the focus has to be on the 401K So my wife works for the federal government, there's no secret, federal government employees, they have a defined pension. I don't think it's as, I'm going to use the word, lucrative or as valuable or as valued or as high paying as some of the other pensions that I've seen with local municipalities, Uh, but it's a decent pension. But it's only one leg of that stool that we have to count on in retirement. So for me, when I look at my financial picture, yes we we value the fact that there will be some level of defined benefit that'll be available but that's only one part of the story right so for us the focus is on maxing out our retirement f- uh, plans within our own uh, so i have a 401k she has the government defined plan um, and contributing as much as you can into that 401k with, without making with making sure that um, you hit all the matches that are available to you, so there's a lot of matching that happens in corporate and and um, I think even with the government, if you put in a dollar they they match a dollar up to a certain amount and it depends on the percentage and where you work. but always at a minimum take advantage of that piece right because that's free money and we could probably expand on retirement savings into another podcast that would be its own entity because depending whether you're uh, an independent worker or an independent business owner who has an IRA that's self a self-funded IRA account, or you're working for the federal government or for a local government, and they have their own version of the uh, 401k plus the 401k standard that's out there in corporate America. And it's gotten a lot of bad raps. You really have to watch over your 401k um, because in terms of returns and fees and stuff, depending on the plan that you're part of, you have to fight that back. So you have to have an understanding of the fees that are in place that might erode your returns on your plan. So we'll get into that, I think, in another podcast, and we could talk about that more. But at the highest level today, my biggest advice that I tell everybody, young, old, people just starting out in the industry, contribute as much to your IRA as humanly possible or your retirement fund or your 401k as humanly possible, at least up to the match, but maximize whatever that allowable yearly amount is, if you could afford it. I wouldn't do it at the detriment of not paying off credit card bills or doing it at the detriment of not getting rid of your school loan. But I would say that max out as much as you can into that retirement fund, because that's really the only tax break that Americans get now in terms of being able to take money, put it aside, and assuming that you're going to be in a lower tax bracket in your retirement, you'll pay lower taxes on that pre-tax money later on. And once again, that's for another podcast to get into particulars yeah. on that. But the idea is to really just make sure that you're contributing. And that's what that's one of the things I focus on, is just making yeah, sure I, I'm contributing.
1: I, I agree with you there. I mean, I think that... Um, You know, I'm I'm a big fan of sort of the the concept of scale. Right. And and every dollar counts. And it's sort of like when you talk about charity, if everybody gave a dollar, you know, we wouldn't have to worry about charities anymore. Um, Same thing with your with your your 401k contribution. You know, maybe you think you can't you can't afford taking that five percent out of your paycheck every week. But if you start at the lowest amount you possibly can, five dollars a week you know, 1% a week, whatever that number is, that minimal number is, start there and start to live without that piece of your paycheck. Um, You'll get used to living without that little piece and that little piece will grow over time. And then as you pay off other debts or do other things that you need to get done with your money, you can start to walk that little piece up, 1% to 2% to 3% to 4%. I know that the 401k program that I have at my agency, um, there's an automatic, you can do automatic walk-ups like every six months or every year, you can just program it to automatically bump up to the next percentage if you want to do that. So it's even, it can even be like a set it and forget it in a way. Um, and if you're working at a place, you know, for a long amount of time, you know, you can walk from 1% up to five or 6% and uh, like you said, also be availing yourself of the of the corporate match over that time and and amass a decent chunk of money in a very quick period. Um, I wanted to ask you, Paul, you know since you you have done a lot more thinking and, and work on this than, than I have, um, do you remember the first time that you started contributing to a 401k program at work or or if you can't remember the first time do is there a first occasion that you recall doing it and how did you get started with that? So for me,
0: that's a good question. For me, I believe I started my retirement plan at my first company. We used to work for a company called Direct Media and I was still in college back then, Jody. And I'm trying to think if after I graduated college, did I start? I probably started immediately after I graduated college, uh, that 401k I think I'm trying to remember now if you had to be a certain age, but I knew that putting money aside was going to be key. So I think I did it as early as my new job. If it, if, it, if it wasn't before I graduated college, it was right after. And then ever since then, what I used to do was take the money and roll it to the next company, to the next 401k. So when I left Direct Media and I went to my next job, I rolled the money into their 401k. And then when I left that job, I rolled it into the next company's 401k. And then at one point, another mutual friend of ours, which I I wish we could get get an interview with him. I don't think he'll ever let let us interview him, Jody, but we know who he is. He's brilliant when it comes to money. He said, Paul, what are you doing? Stop rolling this money from 401k to 401k. Put it into uh, an IRA. And I said, well, what's the difference? He goes, the difference is astronomical in terms of investment choice and control over the money. And he was right. So when you when you leave a company and you have a 401k, the optimal thing to do is instead of rolling it into the next company's 401k, which might have 15 or 20 funds to pick from, you roll it into an IRA where you can where your investment choices are unlimited and you can have control complete control over the buying and selling within that portfolio in that account. And he was right, and that's what I've done ever since. So when I left my old job recently to go to my new job, I did that exact thing. I called the company that I deal with, and I said, I need to put this money, and I have a rollover. I call it a 401k rollover, and I roll that over into my uh, my IRA account. And the IRA account keeps building, but I always take the new 401k fresh at the new company. But to kind of circle back to the beginning, I knew, I believe, at the beginning that Making some level of investment in myself in my retirement was important. And even at a young age, I remember the carrot being the free money, the, the matching. So if that company matched 4% and it was – if, if it was dollar for dollar for $4,000, they would match a, a $4,000. It would be $8,000. So I think that was key. And for yeah, those, that's, a be, big, that's a big carrot. Yeah, it's a very big carrot. So it's something that you want to take into account is make sure you always hit the matching. So with that, I always wound up just making sure that whenever I got to the next job that I would max out the 401k. Um, I think that there were a couple of times as I was starting out in life, I didn't max it out completely, but I know definitely once my school loan was paid, my undergrad school loan was completely paid off. I definitely was. I made sure that my retirement was at 100. You know, whatever the maximum amount is, you put in, and that was always key. And I know for those out of the out there, uh, maximum might be a, a tough number to swallow, depending on income levels. For us, I've been lucky and grateful enough to be able to put away the maximum amount allowed by law every year, and but realistically. It's going to be hard to retire, I think, completely if you don't make those types of moves. But I'm realistic. I know even with me making those moves, with the markets the way they've been and everything that's happened in the markets, chances are that won't be enough, even if you're maxing out your 401k. Uh, What
1: are your thoughts on that, Jody, in terms of the market and and growth and such? Well, I got to be honest. I, I don't um, pay attention to the markets as much as other people might. And it sounds like you do. Um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a long-term kind of a person, you know, I don't, I don't watch dips and lows and buy and sell. I don't hold any individual stock. You know, we have our, our 401k, our IRA, and, and that's honestly about it. Um, I'm a big believer in cash and I think I'm a little cynical ever since 2008, quite frankly. Um, i just don't i don't trust anybody quite frankly (laughs) i don't trust (laughs) anyone on wall street i don't trust anybody at banks um and and so i like to keep with the exception of our 401k and our ira accounts um and sort of putting those things away like we've just talked about uh for the long term uh, i i don't really pay attention to any of that stuff because i don't because i'm i don't want to get wrapped up in it because i could probably put an awful lot of energy knowing my micro personality you know, and if you saw my budget spreadsheet, you would understand what I'm talking about. I mean, it's 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 detailed to the point of, you know, your eyes crossing. Um, and so if I think if I brought that personality to the markets, I would probably do nothing else with my day. Um, and I probably wouldn't get much sleep either. So I just take a long term view. You know, we do what what we talked about here. I, we, I max out the 401k uh, at work. Um, and I started just by putting a little bit in and, and, and I took the philosophy of like saving for retirement or just saving money in, you know, your 401k is kind of like going to the gym, right? You don't run the marathon the first day, but you got to start somewhere. So put that little bit in, took advantage of the max. So I'm doubling my money. Plus don't forget that, you know, that deduction you're taking out, that's less money you're paying in taxes on your salary that the government isn't banging you on in taxes Um, so that's a good thing too. just putting that little bit away, even if it's not going to end up being the, however, many hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars you need to quote unquote, retire and not work someday anymore. It's still going to be money that you're going to have someday. You're going to turn around and you're going to say, Oh, I can use this. And I'll again, use myself as a perfect example. You know, I had a significant amount of money in, in that IRA account. Um, when it came time for me to make a decision about, this, this business, uh, this job that I have now. And I was able to use the money for that instead of my retirement. Now, yes, I took a huge penalty on it, but I did it intentionally. And with eyes wide open, um, to me, same concept, you know, I was, I saved up money. I had access to money and I put it to best use when I needed it. Um, so, so There's the benefit of putting that money aside, starting as early as possible. And, you know, you can listen to anybody who says about talks about doing the math, you know, over the course of 30 years, how much, you know, five dollars a week ends up being. Um, So the advice I would think would be to just get started, take advantage of the match um, and let it roll. If nothing else, just start it and let it roll and, you know, don't worry about it Um, and then see where it takes you.
0: Yeah, that's the perfect approach, and and I think what you were saying about not watching the markets, I could take a, a lesson from your page. I, I don't watch them that intently. I used to, when I worked heavily, uh, at one point I was working on uh, in, in banking, and I'm a technology manager by trade, uh, supporting traders and supporting uh, finance folks, and they were watching CNBC and watching the markets and watching the screens all day long, so... I would get caught up in that. But to be honest with you, never successful in doing any of my own investing. It's always been something that I'm just not very good at. And that's one of the reasons why I have a uh, personal financial advisor. Uh, So I use uh, a firm that handles um, and looks at my account and, and handles my IRA account, but gives me advice on my 401k investing and such. Um, some and that's another podcast episode, you know, finding the right financial advisor, uh, which is key. Um, and I think that for me, uh, we'll jump into it in another podcast. but for me, um, I did pick a big, big firm that has a big, big group of financial advisors simply because I've heard too many horror stories uh, through different mechanisms, whether from TV or personal people, you know people telling us telling me their personal story where, They've invested with their guy, and then their guy didn't do the right thing and either stole the money or lost all the money, and there's no recourse. There's no fiduciary responsibility to make sure that you know there's 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 insurance there to make sure that your account is safe. And that's one of the things that I will talk about in another podcast is I prefer personally to have my personal financial advisor be with a very 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 large firm so if there is any misappropriation i have a throat to choke if you are with one person who handles your money and he's your quote-unquote guy and that person disappears with your money you're going to have a very hard time getting that money back but I, i i'm going to i'm going to switch gears here a little bit jody and because i know we're jumping around today on this podcast but this is all good because i think it's going to lead to a number of other podcasts one of the ideas I wanted to touch upon before we uh, close is is downsizing and or moving in retirement. What are your thoughts on, on that piece? I know personally for us, we're thinking, or at least I'm thinking, that we would sell our home and downsize to another home, whether that's in the same area we live now or another part of the country, that's to be determined. But I think my focus will be to downsize and move and take some of the equity that's been built up in my home and and use that in retirement as well.
1: Uh, what are your thoughts on downsizing and or moving? I think it's uh, just like anything else. I think it's uh, a personal decision that everybody needs to make. I think in a general sense, it's it's a wise thing to do. You know, why, why live in more house than you need? And that's at any point in your life. Um, you know, I've got um, uh, a brother-in-law right now um, who has got a, a, baby number two on the way with his wife. Um, they live in an apartment, it's a two bedroom apartment, you know, they're itching to buy a house because they think they need a third bedroom. Um, and having found, having been in that situation myself, um, you know, when, when we moved from an apartment to a house, even before we had baby number one, um, I regretted moving so swiftly. Um, and just sort of, you know, upsizing and buying a big house um, and, and long term, you know, had to extricate myself from that. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I want to say to him, you know, what the heck are you worried about? A baby takes up about three square feet of space. <laughs> you know, don't don't jump and buy a big house so soon, so quickly. Um, so same philosophy in reverse with retirement. You know, don't have more house than you need. Don't pay for more house than you need. Um, everybody's personal situation is different. Maybe you can't afford to move out of that house. Maybe, you know, you're underwater or whatever, who knows. Um, but I think long-term, you know, be smart with your money. Don't pay more than you need to pay for anything. Um, and, uh, we, you know, we, we may downsize. We may not. I've joked with my in-laws about how I'm going to, build a wing on their house and move in with them when the time is right because they have a pool and I don't, you know, <laughs> it's, you know, so who know who knows what's going to happen in the future. I think we're, we're probably about 10 or 15, at least 10 or 15 years away from that. Yeah. I think, I think that that's another podcast right there is the whole
0: downside. Cause I remember that story and your situation, Jody. And I think that's something we should be able to elaborate on for an entire podcast, which has so much wealth of learning and knowledge within what you had done That I think it's key to share that with the group, you know, share that with the group or share that with our audience. Uh, I think that would be something we should do. So I think we've got a lot of different topics that came out of today's podcast. Um, Just a summary recap the two things that I'm taking away or I'm going to say to people out there um, have that conversation with your spouse or yourself and chart out that high level plan of what you think you want to do in retirement when you might want to retire. Um, at least have an understanding for your own sanity of what you believe that retirement should look like, and especially if you have a spouse. Have that conversation. You may be surprised in the conversation, and you may need to work on that conversation a bit because you might not be on the same page when it comes to thoughts about retirement. So that's one uh, piece of advice I could give. The second piece, which I think I overstated many times on the podcast today, is contribute to a 401k or your, you know, your retirement plan at work, or if you're self-employed, just contribute to that plan to the max, to the maximum capability. I'd like to say for the max allowed by federal law, that's the mantra I follow, is the max by federal law, but max it out as much as your budget will permit. As you said before, Jody, every little bit helps. And for me, making sure that you just start and Get that contribution in on a steady basis and and get started if you haven't started already. Um, any, Any other details or any other recap or advice you want to give before we close out, Jody?
1: I think that's all great advice, Paul. I think the only other thing that I would say is two words, get started. Perfect.
0: That's a great way to close. Well, Jody, I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today, and I'm personally looking forward to the next one. Thanks, everyone, for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. Just go to financialdads.com. So with that, this is Paul and Jody reminding you, managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the Financial Dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everybody. Be well, and thank you.